On this edition of the Deseret News Youth Insiders Podcast, we look ahead to the Alamo Bowl. We discuss Utah's big victory over Kentucky in basketball. That and more on the Deseret News Youth Insiders Podcast, brought to you by Mr. Mack. This is Steven Sylvester, former University of Utah linebacker and Pittsburgh Steeler, and I am the founder of Athlete Strong, and you are listening to the Deseret News Youth Insider Podcast. All right, welcome to yet another edition of the Deseret News Youth Insiders Podcast, brought to you by the good folks of Mr. Mac. Dirk Facer here, along with Joe Coles and Jody Genesee. Guys, good to have you here. I'm happy to be here with you. Good to be here. All right, you guys ready to talk a little uh, football? Of course. All I'm right. always ready to talk football. Let's jump into the early signing period as we're taping this today. Uh, Utah picked up two extra commitments a uh, day after signing day opened, and they picked up uh, Clark Phillips, a highly touted cornerback, and Xavier Carlton, a local guy from Juan Diego with ties to the Utes. How big is that, Joe? Well, Clark Phillips uh, the third is the number four-ranked corner in the entire country. He's one of the highest-rated recruits Utah has ever landed. He could fill in for Jalen Johnson on uh, day one if he's all he's cracked up to be. Um, I think Van Fillinger, that four-star defensive end, he's a huge get for Utah. Xavier Carlton, who just committed on Thursday, is also huge for that D-line. And then Jake Bentley is that transfer quarterback, he will compete with Cam Rising for that quarterback spot in 2020. Jody, uh, yesterday's press conference, Kyle Whittingham mentioned that Jason Shelley might be moving to the secondary. Good chance of that. The quarterback uh, room is going to be a little different next year, and if Drew Lisk decides to uh, take his degree that he's getting this spring and move on, you know, there's going to be a lot of new faces there, but there's some experienced faces. I mean, Bentley started uh, every game he played at South Carolina. Yeah, I know he had an injury this year, but he had, what, 7,000 yards passing in his, in his first three years? One million, I think. <laughs> one, one million. <laughs> But that was like kind of a bombshell. That was interesting about Jason Shelley that he might go on the defensive end. But but you can see that he has so much athleticism that he's the type of guy that even if he isn't playing quarterback, which obviously he would like to, he is he's so athletic and so quick and such a good football player that you want to find a way to get him on the field any way you can. And I thought another thing that you, in fact, you led with it in your story, always do a fine job, Mr. Facer. You're too nice. <laughs> but Kyle Whittingham said, said stay tuned. Yesterday, and you knew he he knew that he had some fun news uh, coming out today, and to get the highest ranked player ever, that's quite. I mean, this guy right. Phillips is like a what, seventeen star player? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you got to give Sharif Shaw credit because he does really well. And you guys have talked to him before. I mean, he could convince you to run through a brick wall. I think he's a motivator guy, and he's a guy that when he tells you something, you believe him, you know. And he's just very talented that way, and, you know, he's the one that got uh, Jalen Johnson to Utah, and I'm not surprised he uh, recruited, successfully recruited another good cornerback uh, from California. Yeah, I mean, and it, they, they've they done a really good job of flipping a couple guys. I know they lost a, a player or two that they hoped that they had, but uh, to get uh, a player to, to switch from Ohio, Ohio State to Utah, I think that's really speaks highly of where this program is going and, and what guys see in, in their future because they're not just picking, you know, hey, I want to play college football for Utah. They're thinking, hey, I want to play NFL and Utah is the way right. I can get to the NFL. And the Utes have shown, you know, we're probably going to see maybe up to 10 guys off of this current team in the NFL. They're showing that, hey, this is uh, this is the, the way, as, as they might say on The Mandalorian. Joe, uh, looking at the recruiting class after day Go one. Go Baby Yoda. 
the Utes weren't really highly rated. I I saw one service, even on ESPN, had the Utes 12th in the Pac-12 recruiting. That was early in the day. They're obviously going to move up with these signings and that. Were you surprised after day one? Did you think they did pretty well? Obviously, they met some needs. Kyle said they were going after defense, and they got some help at safety. And uh, maybe just tell us what your thoughts are on how Utah did. Uh, You know, they're laying claim to getting five of the top six uh, players from the state of Utah. Yeah, I think they did well in state. They they met their top targets. They got Fillinger from Corner Canyon, Xavier Carlton from Juan Diego. They got Nate Ritchie, um, who was sort of a do-it-all player at Lone Peak. He um, kicked field goals. He played safety. I think he could be a good safety uh, for Utah in the future. That'd be good. And then uh, about the only guy that got away was Sewell, and uh, we had figured he was going to Oregon. But uh, his brother, uh, Joe, you had a chance to talk to him recently. Yeah, Nephi Sewell, he um, broke his neck, actually, in high school, came back from that and uh, played with his brother at Nevada and then transferred to Utah. He's going to be really important here in the secondary as uh, Julian Blackman and Jalen Johnson sit out for that bowl game. So he's going to be an important piece there and going forward. We're going to see a sneak peek of him. I mean, we we did already at the Pac-12 championship, but we're going to, now people are going to know who they're looking at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, there's even talk yesterday, what he kind of said, of maybe moving him to linebacker next year. They're going to probably see how he does in the Alamo Bowl and see if safety is the natural home or if they can uh, get him down to linebacker, but they'll find a place for him on the field. There's no doubt about that. What a talented family. Hey, Jody, uh, the Utes, a lot of seniors, a lot of holes to fill next season. Uh, We can go on offense and talk about Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, uh, Damari Simpkins, uh, Darren Paulo. I mean, and then on defense, I mentioned darn near everybody, but do you think they can fill all those holes next year? Is the program to the point now where they can just reload um, I mean, you're asking a lot because, holy cow, they had so many good players. I mean, 11 of the 12 or 10 of the 11 starters on the defense were all Pac-12 guys. This, right. this is such a talented senior class. But at the same point, yeah, I think they have – they're not going to be quite as good, especially maybe at first. But, yeah, I think the Utes have elevated themselves into the elite of the Pac-12. And you see with this, with guys switching from Texas and Ohio State, guys want to come here. They want to play here. They're getting all the – best, most of the best guys from Utah, and they're getting some really quality talent from California, from Texas, from around the country. So I I think this is a, a Pac-12 power now. I don't know if they're going to be an 11 or 12 win team next year, but I think they have enough in uh, in the covers right now and guys coming into the program that it should be a very solid team. I, but wow, this you're going to, you're losing just some all-time greats, arguably the best running back the youths have ever seen and Zach Moss and Tyler Hunt just blossomed in front of our eyes this year to become this not just this game manager but a terrific passer and a guy who just led the team and guys were, were fighting for him and following right. him so many good players that, and that especially on that defensive line gosh all over the place but you know they like we talked about they this is a really good recruiting class I interesting though I, I don't know these rankings like <laughs> I rivals has Utah ranked like in the 40s they're like 47th best class I, I don't know who knows what to? I, I think everybody's just like throwing these ratings up on the wall like spaghetti noodles. But you see these quality guys, and they belong to, in your belly, not on the wall, right? <laughs> Those noodles. Hey, you should uh, trademark that phrase. Let's there. do it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I know several coaches that think the star system's a joke and don't don't believe in it. Yet I, I, we got a good friend in Dan Sorensen who does it for a living for the youth zone. So you know, there's a happy medium there. There's I guess got to be some way to rate them. Joe, does it surprise you that? Uh, 
a three-year starter at South Carolina, the quarterback, wants to come to Utah. A guy who had a future at Texas wants to come to Utah. I mean, you got two quarterbacks there that uh, you would think could fill in for Tyler Huntley next year and maybe make, not a, if not a seamless transition, a pretty smooth one. I mean, in in years past, I don't think Utah was exactly a quarterback destination. I think Andy Ludwig has really improved the offense. He works with the quarterbacks, and you saw Huntley's uh, improvement from junior year to senior year. And I think Rising and Bentley will battle it out. I think with Ludwig's development and his guidance in the offense with a lot of good receivers coming back, I think they'll flourish. Yeah, you know, that's going to be interesting. You know, I'm kind of putting my money on Bentley because I don't think a guy who started three years in the SEC is coming here to be a backup. But I know one thing that he wants to come in and get the job. He's got a year in the program. Right, yeah. Here's one thing that I like. This year, everybody, the youths were so solid in so many different positions. Offensive line, although they did get better, that was probably their weakness uh, right. on the team, I, w- I think, this year. Well, this year, next year, I, they're going to be an experienced offensive line coming back. They do lose Paulo, but they have uh, three or four other starters coming back that are underclassmen that have a full year of experience underneath them. So and, a different aspect of the offense has the experience next year. And if any, yeah, if, you, if that's a really good place to start, to start over, to reload from where the Utes are, is to have a, a good offensive line. Uh, so it, whether it's Bentley or, or whoever wins that spot, hey, we saw Devontae Henry Cole had some nice moments. Uh, back up. to get Britton Covey back, too. Which Britton, is yeah, yeah, no, that's player. a great point right there. Explosive target for whoever the quarterback is. Samson so. Akua will be back. Uh, Brian Thompson will be back. So they have some really nice... Keithy will be... Brant Keithy will be back. I mean, he's... <laughs> Right along there with Covey. I mean, those two on the, on the field at the same time, that has got to scare some defensive the coordinators. It's definitely not bare, is it? Right. Tis the season for dressing up. Visit Mr. Mac today and get suited up. Mr. Mac has the right suit for any occasion, including their designer collection. Suits by Calvin Klein, Michael Kors, Talia, and more. Styles from traditional, modern, or slim fit. Great-looking new suits have just arrived in an assortment of all colors and styles. Buy one designer suit and get an additional suit for just 100 bucks or a free sport coat. Mr. Mac offers fast, free alterations at all nine Mr. Mac stores. All right, let's move on to the Alamo Bowl, guys. The big bowl game on New Year's Eve between the Utes and the Longhorns. Just a reminder, we have a special podcast coming out next week previewing the game. But guys, for now, what do you think, Jody? What's your uh, matchup prediction here? Well, I I like where the Utes are right now going into this bowl. Obviously, it's a little bit of a disappointment. Well, let's be honest. It's a big disappointment that they're in the Alamo Bowl. But I think by the time New Year's Eve comes around, they're going to be past the majority of the disappointment that they're not in the college football playoff, that they're not in the Rose Bowl. I don't probably they'll never get over those fully, but I think they have a lot to prove. I what I like about this bowl that they're going into, they're playing a, a big name team, at least traditional power in Texas, which underachieved a little bit this year, but show that it can play really well against a couple of high quality opponents. So this isn't a pushover uh, opponent, I don't think. I think it's going to be the Longhorns have some potential to give the, the Utes a decent game, but I like that the 
Utes are going to be able to showcase their seniors one last time. But I also expect to see some of the younger guys get some some playing time, and I think that'll be fun to see, kind of a, as a, a fun farewell for for the older guys. And uh, hey, here's the next iteration. It would be fun if we could get some of the uh, the recruits to play. But I know that Cameron Rising will be able to play, so maybe we'll see him at quarterback. Uh, haven't talked to Whittingham about whether or not he'll play yet, but that would be fun to see him get a little bit of action. Well, and I hope Jody's going to be down there with me, and uh, we got to do the Pee Wee Herman thing and go to the Alamo and ask to see the basement. Oh, I, I hear it's a tremendous basement. It's fantastic. I heard <laughs> I'm going to have Large Mars drive me there. See, I know it. See, we're going to enjoy it. Hey, Joe, last thing on the Alamo Bowl before we move on. Uh, Utah's secondary's kind of beat up, obviously, and not losing Jalen Johnson and Julian Blackman to injury, R.J. Hubert. They're going against a pretty prolific passing game with the, with the nation's leading receiver, 103 catches. Uh, how do you see that matchup? Uh, I think that's going to be an intriguing matchup. Utah's defense versus Texas's passing game. Uh, Devin DuVernay is one of the best receivers in the country. He has nearly 1,300 yards, so Utah's secondary is really going to have to step up against them without Jalen Johnson and, and Julian Blackman. Both were sort of the heart and soul of that secondary, so it's going to be a challenge. I, Speak- thought, I thought it was funny that uh, of the, the press conference for the head coaches, Texas coach uh, Tom Herman and, and Kyle Whittingham are sitting there and, and Whittingham was asked about how many days in a row he's exercised. Right. It came out that he's exer- he says he's exercised 4,000 days in a row. I mean, that... Have you seen the man calves? <laughs> the man's calves? I mean, they are just sculpted beyond belief. His calves have actually threatened me when, when I've asked a question they didn't like. <laughs> They tense up. <laughs> hey, speaking of things to like, how about Utah's basketball win over Kentucky last night? Uh, the Utes knocked off six-ranked Kentucky in Las Vegas, 69-66. That's pretty impressive, Joe. I mean, you look back a few years ago and Arizona State got into the NCAA tournament because of what they did in non-conference play. I think they went 8-10 and 10 in the conference and still got in. Is Utah writing a good resume to go to the NCAA tournament this year? Yeah, I think they have. Uh, they did what a lot of Utah teams in the past couldn't do, and they finally beat Kentucky. Now, Kentucky may not be as good as in years past, but it's still Kentucky. right now, they're yeah. the number 6 team, and that's a very impressive That's one of Larry's most impressive wins. In his, in his tenure here. Uh, Utah really completely shocked me with their play last night. They were more aggressive from the outset. You saw Booth Gotch just outscore Kentucky, you know, 10-4 by himself in the opening minutes, just getting right. the rebound and just pushing the ball. I thought Utah looked the best when they were the running Utes. They were running down there and well, pushing and the Walton pace. Well, Bill on the broadcast yeah. kept saying, push the ball, Utah, yeah. you know, and uh, Timmy Allen played a great game and, and Ryland Jones, who looks like he's, I, I was glad to hear, I'm not the only one who thinks he looks young. I think Bill Walton said, what is he, 10, 11 years old? And no, his jersey number shows it, 15. Yeah, 15. He looks young, but Jody, that's... I stole uh, that, that uh, joke from somebody off of Twitter, so I have to I give like somebody it, on Twitter credit. Hey, just last thing on the basketball, though. I mean, they've got the impressive win over Kentucky, but they have a, a, a nasty loss to Coastal Carolina. Uh, do you guys think that's going to come back to haunt them, or do you think they overcame that with the Kentucky win? Um, I mean, it, it doesn't look good, but I, I, I think when you combine what they did against Kentucky, what they did against BYU. Uh, potentially, they could have a nice showing against San Diego State. This is, I think the the committee, if it comes down to it, they'll look and say, good grief, this is a team that's starting three freshmen and two sophomores. Right. Yeah, of course they're going to stub their toe here or there. Just, but they it, beat Kentucky, I think, beat BYU. Right. I mean, they have put themselves in such a good position going into the Pac-12 conference. Now that's going to be where we really find out what this team is made of. It's going to be a lot tougher than 
the preseason. But this, I, gosh, so far I, I was at that Beehive Classic. Rest in peace. <laughs> we have three potential NCAA teams in the state right now. Uh, Utah State uh, and BYU both look like NCAA teams at their best. I, I'm not saying they're going to make it, but when they're at their best, I think they're both definitely worthy. And Utah, the way they're playing right now, if they can have a, a good season in the Pac-12, I don't think you can keep them out. Yeah, you know, the Pac-12 does have five or six teams that are off to pretty good starts. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, maybe one thing that might be a factor in Utah is how well BYU does. If BYU is able to crack into the NCAA tournament, they're going to have a tough haul because Gonzaga and St. Mary's are playing well. Uh, so if they're the third team, and the you know, that's traditionally a two-big two-bid league. We'll see how that goes, but I don't think Utah's hopes are dependent on BYU, but it would be nice if the teams they beat, and Joe, you made a good point, if Kentucky you know, ends up being a decent team, which they're six right now, a lot of people seem to think they are, so we'll see how that goes, but appreciate it, guys. Well, let's wrap things up. Any uh, any final words, guys? I would just like to let Ashley Judd know that I'm here to help uh, console her over the you know the Utah win over Kentucky. I will send word. I, right? I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I that would help we're her. Gonna get back. It might be crickets. <laughs> we'll see. She, but, they might send Winona instead of. <laughs> you know, I think Ashley Judd's almost in the where are they now file, but I'm glad you brought her name up. <laughs> She's back. The same way better never. <laughs> Yeah. Joe, she's uh, still way above my my yeah, uh, range. She's so. in a different league. So. <laughs> Joe, anything you want to say? Uh, you got a prediction on the Alamo Bowl? Um, I guess first off, just recruiting wise, it's really crazy to see where Utah's come from the Mountain West days when Urban Meyer would get two and three star talent and just overachieve with that to people flipping from Ohio State to Utah. And I think Utah got three four stars, which is pretty unheard of from where they started so I think Kyle Wayneham and his staff has done a great job in recruiting in the Pac-12 era and especially this year. Great point. Tis the season for dressing up. Visit Mr. Mac today and get suited up. Mr. Mac has the right suit for any occasion, including their designer collection. Suits by Calvin Klein, Michael Kors, Talia, and more. Styles from traditional, modern, or slim fit. Great-looking new suits have just arrived in an assortment of all colors and styles. Buy one designer suit and get an additional suit for just 100 bucks or a free sport coat. Mr. Mac offers fast, free alterations at all nine Mr. Mac stores. Hey, listeners, thanks for for being with us this week. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast uh, anywhere you can get good podcasts, not where you can get the bad ones, just the good ones. So visit us, visit Deseret.com and read our stories. And a reminder, we're a Twitter-first operation, so follow us on Twitter. Any breaking news on the Utes, we put it on, we'd like to tweet it out. So, again, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Whoa, 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 don't leave us just yet. Mike Sorensen just walked into the studio. He covered the game in Las Vegas Last night, Utah's 69-66 win over Kentucky. Mike, how was that, and where do you rank that for victories under Larry Kristoviak? It's got to be about the top one. I mean, it was amazing down there. You know, there's about 95% blue and white people, fans, people, in the in the stands there. And Utah had just a small uh, crowd. But uh, it was amazing that Utah could beat the, the big blue like they did. It was uh, They took control from the start and just never let up and hung on for dear life at the end. Yeah, what do you think happened at the end? They squandered it. Was a 17-point? 
two-point lead disappeared. And, right. Um, and it didn't look good, but some of these young guys stepped up and got the job done. Yeah, they've done that a lot this year where they've kind of let games, you know, at the very end, they've let teams catch up. I mean, it happened against, you know, Cal Davis and some other th- other teams. But this, you know, this Kentucky's the number six team in the country. They were ranked number one. So you figured that was going to happen. And these uh, Utah just, they kind of started playing a little careful. They let the shot clock go way down to zero. And sometimes they had a shot clock violation. And, and they just got a little bit nervous, I think. And Kentucky also, they kind of got, I think they were kind of uh, cruising through the first part of the game, not really fi- figuring they were going to lose. And when they figured out they were, they kind of got kind of desperate and started playing a lot better. Uh, but Utah just, they, you know, they came through. I mean, Timmy Allen, he was the best player on the floor last night by far. And the best hair, I might add. Yeah, he's always got a different hairstyle every single game. It's always different. But, uh, you know, he, they tied it up. You know, Utah led the whole game, and then Kentucky ties it. He hits that fadeaway 12-footer from the, on the left side to Huge put him back shot. ahead. Yeah. And then they just hung on for dear life after that. Cool. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, dropping in fresh off the plane from Las Vegas. And, folks, this time we mean it. We'll talk to you later. See you next week.